0: Hello and welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need. No matter if you're building, buying, or designing your next project, we got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. Today's topic is managing the customer experience. And I have a special guest here, Anya Chrysanthemum, right? That's you it. got it, Chrysanthemum. <laughs> all yes. right, perfect. And uh, Anya is a realtor, a podcaster speaker and you're in the Philadelphia area, right?
1: That's right. Right outside of Philadelphia, about 30 miles outside.
0: So we actually met at a National Association of Home Builders meeting and kind of just started talking about things we do, marketing, sales, uh, podcasts, and we kind of hit it off. You have your own podcast and what's the name of yours?
1: My podcast is called New Construction Marketing Podcast, so I talk to new home salespeople who are sitting in a model homes, working for a builder like yourself, and trying to educate them on what's working to really help them sell more homes.
0: Absolutely, that's awesome, and I was proud to be a guest on there, so thank you for having me on. Yes, that was my pleasure. We gotta get you on mine, so um, (laughs) we're finally able to connect here, and uh, we're very excited to do that. So speaking of what you just mentioned, in working for a builder in sales, I know you're more of an independent realtor, but what, what kind of things do builders kind of get wrong when we're working with customers that you, you think builders could do a better job of? Mm-hmm.
1: So I think the biggest mistake that most builders make is not disclosing pricing up front. Okay. So if you think about the customer experience when they're coming into your model home, you know, that's after they vetted you online, they thought, okay, everything looks good. I'm sure. actually going to come in. Um, it's virtually impossible to find that pricing information. In even when they do get to talk to somebody in person, it still is, well, it's this but it could be that and then you know you end up getting this like three hundred page list yep. of like It's options, frustrating for a
0: customer, isn't and it? And it's
1: like this code, this code, this code, this code, this code. So like going into it, they're really not sure what the final price is going to look like. Yep. And I think that's a big stress because they want to make sure that they're on budget and i think that's yep. a reasonable expectation especially yep
0: and i think that kind of creates a distrust of the builder and and i have builders too in my market where they advertise this really cool price and you're like wow this is great and then you really find out what you get and all oh, that's not included and this is not included and then all of a sudden you know that that home that they thought they could afford is is no longer affordable exactly. and and the customer gets mad because they feel like they wasted all this time right they've invested hours and hours Yes. pricing and picking out all these things, and they're getting emotionally invested in it.
1: So, yes, and the, the thing is, you know, once they sign an agreement of sale, then it's like, okay, you have two weeks to finalize all these options. Yep. And um, BDX just recently did a study on this specific topic, and they said that if you provide pricing upfront and you make it interactive, so, I mean, there's technology now sure. where you can have it on your website so that when the customer is um, clicking on your model home, they can not only visualize the rooms, but they can also see the different options available, they can see the pricing, they can build it. So what happens is when the customer is actually going through that process, they become emotionally invested before they even purchase. And so another interesting thing that the BDX found was that when you give the customer the autonomy to um, to see the options up front and make those selections up front, not only they're more likely to become a customer, but guess what? They also end up spending more money on options. Yep.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because if, if you make it easy to buy, then they're going to buy more. It's like when you go into the store, yeah. you get your credit card, and all of a sudden you're just throwing things in the cart, and also are like, oh, "What did I just do?" But, yeah, and, but, and
1: and and you know, um, but the, they're happier.
0: Yeah. Usually the we found too as a builder that sometimes the customers that upgrade more and you know we make the houses we honestly make more money on usually are the happier customers because they're just excited about everything and they you know they, they just want everything and um yeah that satisfaction sometimes has a a correlation with profitability, which is really weird, but
1: yeah, so absolutely. So I think the one of the things is that customers are ready for self-service, and when you give them that option for self-service, is yep. you become more profitable and you have more sales. So it's a that's win-win. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, that's great. A piece And.
1: Of Wait, I totally lost my my my. uh, Sorry, lost my. uh, That's
0: okay.
1: (laughs) I track what I was gonna say. So, but yeah. um, So I think it's a big mistake that most builders make is that they don't make that available. Sure,
0: no, I agree with that totally. So, you know, from the Philadelphia market, Mm -hmm. how is new construction in your market? What are you seeing out there? What you know, maybe. Kind of give me a little update on what you see in that market but then also maybe some of the trends that you see in housing there what's what's hot there because i'm in wisconsin and Mm -hmm. you know we're always behind so it's always kind of nice to get some of the the, the coastal perspectives of of the country
1: so, I belong to uh, both BIA, which is a, a, a building association of Philadelphia, and then also the HBA, which is more of a suburbs. Okay. So, and it's kind of like an interesting story because it's a completely different tale. So, inside the city of Philadelphia, we literally do not have any national builders. Okay. So That's like my
0: market as well. It's all small builders. Yes, yeah, small
1: builders. And we see a lot of the condo type of uh, construction. Sure. Okay. Um, they're using modular construction now. Okay. Now, which is becoming popular and obviously giving affordability. Yep. Um, and then in the suburbs, um, again, depending where you go in the suburbs, we do see um, the popular townhome communities and then the single-family home communities. Okay.
0: So you actually have townhomes out there. That's one thing we don't really have at all. Oh, really? Uh, in our state, that's just that's part of that missing middle they talk about all the time. They just don't even allow it or have zoning for it. So it's either you're either building a a single family detached home? Are mm-hmm. you building like an apartment or maybe a condo? Mm-hmm. But no, you know, side by side townhomes. We have them, mm-hmm. but they've all been built in the fifties. So it's yeah. just kinda interesting. Yeah,
1: so we do have town home communities which is great uh, option, especially for first time home buyers because although it is a little bit more expensive up front but then as far as maintenance goes you know it's you, you're you're not worried about oh my gosh do I need to replace that roof do I need sure, to it's
0: part of the sink
1: money into <sighs> yeah, it so so we do have that um, I think land is becoming more and more scarce just like Absolutely. everywhere else oh yeah same here so the biggest thing is for new home buyers when they think about buying that big house I think the challenge is to find the amount of land that they want with that house sure
0: so and it's just not getting created as fast. And I'm sure that's probably in your market as well. And it's supply and demand, right? So Mm -hmm. if there's not enough supply and there's a lot of demand, that price is going to shoot up. And so, you know, kind of you mentioned earlier with, you know, younger buyers, how is affordability for younger buyers in your market?
1: So I think that's a challenge for uh, all the builders (laughs) everywhere. Um, So any market, including Philadelphia market, what we're seeing is that in that price point where I quote unquote affordable, so I'd say like that 200 to 300, okay, um, maybe 400K, we see a lot of competition going on right now. Oh, okay. So it is a not competition, competition for property? For,
0: or for, for builders. Um,
1: so competition for the uh those young buyers to get into the home of their choice because if it's a property that becomes available um it's it's still it's gone yeah that's
0: the the same with us too we have basically that kind of under 400
1: yes uh is
0: basically but especially for us like the 300 and under it's on the market for a day or two or a couple days at max and it has multiple offers exactly so for us the new construction is a little different because you know, that's topping out at 450, almost 500. So there's not as many buyers for that. And it it's not as competitive, but it, you know, the affordability is a challenge. So I know a lot of younger buyers are getting frustrated um, because they're just not finding what they want out there or they have to make a decision instantly and then they're getting that regret later.
1: Yes, yeah, so, well? so I think that's a huge thing with the new construction because that is something that you can position to somebody who's been through the experience of bidding, bidding, bidding. Yep. It's like, okay, so you're going to end up with this old house that you're going to overpay for. Yep,
0: and now you got to fix it. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, instead, like, why not look at new construction? You know, you don't have to compete with other buyers necessarily. Like, if you have financing lined up, yep. then you don't have to bid on that house. Like yeah, you're going to get more. this house. Yeah, you'll, yeah, pay, you'll more. pay more, but at it's least you know what you're getting. You know, yeah, you don't have to mess
0: with it later. So it's like you pay more upfront, but I, I was actually doing a study on this and I, I found it fascinating in my area. Like when somebody buys a a new house, yeah, they'll pay maybe $50,000 more for it. But when you start looking at, you know, the next 10 years of life, you really don't have to add any dollars to the mm-hmm. new home, but that existing home you know you're gonna be probably replacing the roof and replacing the siding and repainting and also you start to add those costs up and you, you average it out and actually you're cheaper off
1: absolutely um, in, in
0: many cases buying that new home plus the energy efficiency
1: not only that if you so. think about just between the money um, and the effort like like what do you want to do on your weekends do you want to spend all your weekend fixing, <laughs> yeah, fixing up, up that yep. house or do you actually want to enjoy your life so I think that is something that consumers oftentimes overlook they just think at the price up front but they don't look at what is it what is the actual price of living in this home for the next 10 years Correct. and I think that's a key
0: yeah and I think that's that's a point that I want to try and get across to people because I think that's the challenge is everyone's looking at today only and they're not looking at tomorrow and and I think that's just a it's a good part of the discussion and um you know affordability versus you know the the cost of living in that home over time I think that's something people just maybe don't factor in as much and it's a it's an important thing so as far as like the market and the next two years I mean what do you what do you see you know coming down the horizon what do you think is going to be the big shift in the industry or the big shift in um it, not only in new homes but in real estate in general what do you, what do you see coming up mm-hmm.
1: so i think in the next couple of years the inventory is still going to be a challenge. yep um obviously affordability is going to be a challenge. but i think down the road um i mean i think most the economists if you talk to them they're predicting some kind of recession beginning of end of this year beginning of next year's and I think uh, general consensus is nothing drastic is gonna happen unless you know something happens with elections or something sure crazy, uh, yeah it I really think happens you know
0: we, we've had such a sustained growth in the housing market that at some point it's natural to expect a recession yeah. But from what I've heard it's gonna be a very small short recession because the I think the fundamental elements of our market are so strong yes everybody's working we have low unemployment yep. we have low interest rates you know, so people are working, they have jobs, and there's not enough houses out there to begin with. So yes. it's hard to fathom that the real estate industry is really going to have a big drop other than maybe just when you hit that pricing level where, you know, it, wages aren't growing as fast as the cost of the homes are going up. Yeah, so and that's the concerning of, of course but
1: exactly I think the only other risk that I can see potentially is um, the downsizers. so obviously the baby boomer generation is aging yes and they're um, a lot of the times they haven't fixed up their house since the 50s you know it's still the same yeah and you get these old, old floor kitchen, plans and then
0: you got the Millennials yes, who are they like, don't
1: want that yep. you know the Millennials want the, the the fixed up place so I think that's one of the risks is that There comes a point where um, baby boomers will be uh, forced potentially out of their homes because Um, you know they just cannot uh, live in the home by themselves anymore and so now this house hits the market and their neighbor's house hits the market because it's gonna be kind of like those same older neighborhoods Sure. and none of the homes have been worked on in 50 plus years and nobody really wants them so I think that is gonna be one of the challenges that if we see um, supply going up, that's where we're going to see a lot of the supply coming sure, from. Yeah, the
0: older homes that need to need the fix up. Yeah, so yeah I, I agree with that. And I think the other thing is, you know, a lot of these older buyers, they're not finding what they want either in the market. You know, they're not finding homes that are accessible already for them. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of them are just saying, you know, and plus they, they buy a new house, it's going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. So I think they're just saying, hey, we're just going to stay where we're at. And that's why I think a lot of stuff hasn't been hitting the market either, is a lot of them are just like, well, I don't like either my options, so my uh, third option is just to stay put.
1: Exactly because, yeah, I think uh, just like you said, it's not going to be affordable uh, if they downsize into something. It's not definitely, it's definitely not going to be downsizing in price. Yeah, and a lot of them are just not in a position to do yeah, that. It's, it's an
0: interesting, you know, phenomenon because you have. You know, the baby boomers, which are a very, you know, large group, but then the millennials are even a larger group, Mm -hmm. and they're both kind of fighting sometimes for the same thing, Mm -hmm. and, you know, then you have sort of the Gen Xers in the middle, which is a real small group, but, uh, you know, that's what's so interesting, and that's why the housing issues have come up and the supply issues have come up is because there's so many, um, you know, groups competing for the same stock of housing. And you know, I don't know if you see that out by you as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's funny because when you think about Gen or not Gen X, uh, Millennials and uh, Baby Boomers, you think like, oh my gosh, the two groups couldn't be further apart. But actually, if you look at their trends in housing and what they want, they actually want a lot of very similar things in their homes. So I think you do end up with um, these two groups almost competing for, <laughs> for the similar types of homes. Yep.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like you know a lot of your challenges that you see out in the Philadelphia market are very similar to what we see here in Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. you know, we're hearing it uh, across the country. And we're talking about labor shortages and affordability, and those are those are just basically, you know, national challenges that we face with housing. And you know, it's it's one of these things where we just got to keep working at it, and uh, everyone's got to be on board with trying to find ways to fix it before the problem goes away.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I don't think it's going to get any uh, better any anytime soon. So. Uh, we need to make sure that the, uh, the young generation is considering other options than you know going to a college liberal school and then graduating with a you yep, know, history huge degree, debt. Yep. huge debt and no job. Uh, there are some great opportunities in this industry and uh, of course w- what all of us can do to make it more affordable, that's, that's just going to be a continuous uh, a struggle for, for the builders.
0: So uh, last question here, um, we're obviously at the International Builder Show, it's the yes. largest basically show in the world, lots of product and, and educational opportunities. What do you most enjoy about the International Builder Show? What do you, what do you find that you get the most out of this experience?
1: So for me, personally, it's a chance to see all of my industry friends like yourself. Sure, yeah. You know, so we're all in it's one great spot. great to connect, yeah. Yeah, great to connect. And then also at the same time, uh, there's so many great educational sessions. So for me as a podcaster, as an educator, it's important to stay on top of my game, so not only. It's important for me to experiment with the latest technology in my own practice to see if it's working because um, with my students, I always recommend what I've tried. Sure, uh, yep. But it's also good to get new information um, sitting in the sessions and getting that information from some of the best people in this industry and getting those aha moments and really kind of seeing what's to come. Yeah. And it's interesting to see progression from year to year um, with specifically technology and how the builders are starting to really embrace it.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think that's just a whole another topic we could dive into at a future point. But just how how technology is influencing not only the sales process but the build process as well, and, and how it's changing things. And. Every year, it's just kind of getting more pervasive in it, but uh, that's a different topic for a different day, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yes, it is always more content, right? <laughs> so, hey, uh, just tell me real quickly, Anya, if someone wants to get a hold of you, how's the best way for them to do that?
1: So I'm Anya Christianton on all social media. I'm lucky enough to be um, SEO friendly name. It's A-N-Y-A. Yep. And my last name's is It's C-H-R-I-S-A-N-T-H-O-N. I always say the easy way to remember it, it's like Chris and then Anthony without the Y.
0: There you go. When I
1: got married, it took me a while to figure out how to spell <laughs> my own last name. That's so, OK. That's awesome. Um, so that's where you can find me and um, be happy to connect.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anya, for uh, jumping on the podcast and sharing all your insight on it. And uh, if you guys have enjoyed this episode of the Home Building Hero, make sure that you guys have subscribed to the podcast. It's super simple. Wherever you're listening, just search for Home Building Hero. That's three words. And hit the subscribe button. It's that easy and you get notified every time we drop a new episode. So once again, I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning into the show and we'll talk to you all very soon.